6th of February. It's Waitangi Day, if you can see that. Uh, that's the treaty. Uh, Waitangi Day is uh, commemorates the treaty. Um, that, what is it? That the palms made with the Maoris? Or one mob of Maoris, anyway? I don't know much about the detail. Um, but uh, oh, I'm a big fan of the idea of us having a treaty with um, Indigenous Australians, too. I am. Well, where I live, with the Wurundjeri mob, that would be... Would we have to make a different treaty with each mob in the country? I think, symbolically, we should. You know, but that's just me. Um, I, I've heard little bits and pieces about this and that with respect to the way New Zealand operates. And, uh, uh, Waitangi, Waitangi, Waitangi Day is, um, controversial, I've heard. Uh, um, it, um, I think a lot of Maori people, uh, feel ripped off by it. I think it was a deal between one mob of Maoris and um, the English. Uh, and it's a formation document for New Zealand. New Zealand doesn't have a constitution, which I find fascinating. You know, your constitution is whatever you are. You don't actually need a document. It's a little bit like um, uh, that Eddie Izzard skit you know, where Eddie Izzard sort of jokes that um, India couldn't be a nation because it didn't have a flag, you know. And we kind of get it into our heads sometimes that if you haven't got a written constitution, you're not a nation. But New Zealand does appear to be a nation, does it? You know, but it hasn't got a constitution. Its constitution is whatever it is, you know, which is the same thing as, a you know, the constitution of a chicken. It's not in there, but, you know... Um, a chicken is a chicken. Yeah. It's a little bit like that when the English went to India. Indians were Indians. They're all different types. Of, we've got different types of chickens here too. Yeah. Um, and in New Zealand, there were different types of Maoris. Uh, and one of those mobs of Maoris made a treaty. It would, I think that's how it went. And, um, and maybe got ripped off. You know? little bit, uh, wouldn't be quite the beads for land sort of thing, would it? It wasn't that bad, you know, the United States type of thing. Um, but in any case, there was a treaty. We didn't even have a treaty here in Australia. I've chatted about that sort of stuff before. Who cares, you know, about what I've chatted about before? Um, we're just different, a different box of frogs. Um, and look, you know, you know, we tend to have a treaty only when we're forced to, um, the indigenous people kind of didn't force us to, so we didn't do it. Um, if we do it now, we've forced ourselves, so it's a different type of treaty, really, isn't it? It's a voluntary treaty, very sophisticated, very civilised, perhaps, you know, so perhaps we should do it. Um, I'm, I'm into indigenous rights more than civil rights, you know, uh, philosophically, when it comes to indigenous people, but it's up to them. Um, some indigenous people, I'm sure, are into civil rights, and... Who am I to say they've got that wrong, you know? And some would be into indigenous rights, you know, a whole different kettle of fish, you know. Um, Waitangi Day, um, yeah, the Constitution of New Zealand, look, you know, when the British first got there uh, to settle, not Captain Cork, you know, but later, um, I think they just went there and, um, 
and New Zealand was whatever it was at that moment in time, which would have been, you know, a whole lot of English people having fights with Maori people and all that sort of stuff, and sometimes getting along quite well, being friends. Um, would have been a mixture of all that and having a little half English, half Maori babies and all that sort of stuff, you know. I think what half of all of New Zealanders must be a bit Maori by now. Anyway, um, but when they got there, the Constitution of New Zealand was whatever it was. Look, the day before the, the, even Captain Cook got there, the Constitution of New Zealand was whatever it was. You know, Maori groups and all that sort of stuff. Maori civilizations and all that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, the English got there and the Constitution of New Zealand, I think this is the way New Zealand sees it, was or whatever it was then, mostly Maori with a few English people. And then the English people got more numerous and the Constitution of New Zealand became that. And the, you know, there was more wars and all that sort of stuff, and the Maori wars. And then... Um, and then, you know, the wars, I'm sure, triggered a treaty. Is that how it went? Um, obviously, we didn't quite have wars of that kind here in Australia, not the sort that triggers treaties. Um, and we know this, otherwise we would have treaties. And we don't. So they can't be the same sorts of wars exactly. Uh, we did have wars, but not the same sort of wars as would trigger a treaty. Um, now, um more massacres, you know, and all that sort of stuff. You know, massacres of small mobs, but then most of the mobs were small, you know. So a massacre is a massacre. You know, 20 people, if, if there's only 20 people in your mob, um, it's genocide if that whole mob disappears. You know, 18 by disease and, you know, and then we come along and knock off the last two, that's genocide. You know, the likes, of, you know, even, an even worse genocide, perhaps, Oh, we had, actually did have a genocide down in Tasmania. We got rid of all of them, um, pretty much, you know. Um, look, maybe there were a couple of Tasmanian babies uh, who were half indigenous, half European or whatever. Um, but I think we knocked off all the... Yeah, we did genocide. Um, anyway, Waitangi. Um, all right, we could look to a certain extent... Who would have the treaty with whom in Australia? Well, we've got the Wurundjeri people here in Melbourne, where I am, so we would have to have a treaty with them, um, because I don't think, you know, the Indigenous peoples, they're not one mob. Um, so I think lots of treaties, and I think we should do it. Um, we've got councils all over Australia. Maybe um, each council should have a treaty um, with each mob, and that is enforceable up the line through state government and federal government. I am not good at this sort of stuff. You know, um, look, this stuff would be done to death and people would have all sorts of ideas that are much better than mine about this. Um, but look, Waitangi Day, I think it's controversial uh, as far as I've heard. Um, it's a very form it's a formative document in the uh, constitution of New Zealand, but it's not the only document that forms the Constitution of New Zealand. The Constitu Constitution of New Zealand is a collection of documents. They kind of make it up as they go along, and I can't see what's wrong with that. As a formal constitution, that's the formal constitution of New Zealand. You can't pick up a document that says the Constitution of the Commonwealth of New Zealand. There's no such thing. There is a such a document here in Australia. Um, you know, all our states decided to get together and all that sort of stuff. And we formed a document, you know, that codified everything, you know, that we wanted to codify. Um, but you don't have the North and the South Island doing that in New Zealand back in the 1800s. Um, they've got that 
treaty and i think they've got a couple of other documents that they sort of formed along the way which becomes the constitution which when you they, they put it all in a pile pile of documents and um and that becomes the constitution of new zealand to a certain extent the constitution of australia is like that too uh because we've got um just offhand um just off the top of my head we've got the original constitution of australia all right that's the constitution of australia but then we have acts Parliament. Now, this is the Australia Act in the 1980s, which I think altered our constitution, so to speak, um, you know, and gave us that little bit of extra distance from the Queen. Uh, well, the Queen is our head of our, just our ceremonial, uh, well, our, our ornamental head of state. She's not even our ceremonial head of state anymore. The Governor-General even does the ceremonial stuff. She's ornamental. She's the memory um, of a queen we once had um, and a royalty we once had she's fantastic because she can't say anything the ultimate head of state and our governor general gets to say very little too i think our governor generals governors general have made one decision in 120 years have they not i'm sure they've made a fair few more than that but they only made one big call and that was the sacking of one government you know back in the 1970s the whitlam government um, so I love this idea of a head of state who does nothing. You know, that's a great country. Um, because pity the land that needs a hero president um, who does many things. You know, I'm thinking, I'm looking at you, America. <laughs> you know, where the president has to sign 36 um, um, executive orders in one day <laughs> on his first day. That's what Joe Biden had to do. And Donald Trump was no better. <laughs> just went nuts on the executive orders. He spread them out a little bit more. But the point is, these are presidents. They hit the ground running. They're doing stuff. From day one, they're making calls. Essentially, they're making laws. You know, um, doing things, you know, because they got elected to do things. And everyone thought, this is a good idea. Um, if we're going to elect for you, we want you to do many things, you know, which is a crazy idea as far as I can see. Uh, I'd rather a, a president, if I was going to vote for a president who promised to do nothing, you know, and then the rest of us might be able to, you know, might be able to get on with doing what we need to do, you know, to make Australia great again. Well, we've never been great. We've never been, we're, we're, we're as great now as we ever were. How's that sound? Diplomatic. Um, uh, but the Treaty of Waitangi, um, Look, the Maoris and the English, uh, they were more equal in a way. I mean, the Clapham, the Clapham, Chapham, <laughs> Clapham Omnibus, you know, the Chapham, Chatham Islands of New Zealand, the Maoris didn't know they were there before the British came. And, um, and they found it, and the British found it, them, the Chatham Islands, and um, came and told the Maoris about it. And, um, and the peoples of the Chatham Islands were... Uh, their long-lost cousins, the Maoris, um, and um, and as soon as they found out about them, um, the Maoris commandeered an English ship, took it, just took it, you know, it's almost like piracy, and forced that ship to take them to this, these Chatham Islands, and they slaughtered and colonised and enslaved, these are the Maoris, enslaved the inhabitants of the Chatham Islands. It's a horrendous story. The equal 
of anything you're going to read about with what happened to, for example, Africans when they went to America, or I don't know if it was as bad. I actually think it might have been worse. Look, read it up yourself, but the Maoris, you know, pack of pack of um, colonising bastards. Now, the fact that the Chatham Islands are smaller um, than other places that have been colonised is, you know, relative. Did you buy my idea before that if you've got a mob of Indigenous Australians that are only 20 in number, that that's kind of almost... And they, they all get knocked off. That's kind of more of a genocide than, um, than the Armenians being genocided by the Turks that time when not all the Turks... Uh, so not all the Armenians got killed, you know. If one person dies, and that's the only person in that mob, then that's a tragedy and it's a genocide, you know. Um, you know, Trugadini in um, Tasmania. Yeah, that was a genocide. She was the only one left, the only indigenous Tasmanian left, and she died of sadness or something like that, but, you know, our doing. And um, that's a genocide of one person, you know at that point in time you know there was, there was a lot of genociding that went up to that point but at that point in time right killing yeah that but one person dying was a, the final um the final nail in the coffin of the indigenous tasmanians which are not the same mob as indigenous australians on the mainland and so you know what's the difference between indigenous tasmanians and the people of the chatham islands or indeed new zealand you know we only think um, Australia is this shape with a little Tasmania down the bottom, but New Zealand was part of Australia anyway, um, or, or it was part of New South Wales. Um, when we got started, we were all colonies, and um, all the different places in Australia and New Zealand and the Chatham Islands, they all had their own constitution, the Chatham Islands, the people of Chatham Islands. It was horrendous. The Maoris um, were just horrible, you know? as horrible as us and that's probably why um a treaty was possible because there were two mobs of horrible people know how to make a treaty between themselves um but maybe the new indigenous people are a little bit too nice in a way i know they had wars and all that sort of stuff they weren't that bad there was um some sailors got um they were a peaceable lot actually um there's some sailors it's called the sailors walk and they got um well early you know, before Melbourne started, um, and they got shipwrecked uh, on an island um, in the Bass Strait uh, down near Melbourne, and, well, down near where Melbourne was going to be, and they got themselves to, um, you know, Lake's Entrance, that area somewhere, down on the south coast of um, Victoria. It's all south coast, really. And, um, and um, walked to Sydney, and they encountered many, many mobs, and all but one were uh, very friendly and assisted them with their passage through their lands. One mob fought back and all that sort of stuff towards New South Wales, but my goodness, you know, none of them got put in the pot, you know, on the way. They actually found, you know, they reported when they got to Sydney in a very uh, decrepit state. Uh, it was there was a bit of a battle towards the end with uh, one indigenous mob. I don't know what happened there, but the point is, overwhelmingly, they found indigenous mobs um, extremely helpful and got them. And the indigenous mobs got them through, you know, all the way from what is now Victoria up to Sydney. Uh, I reckon we could do a deal with those guys, those indigenous mobs. And it could be a treaty of a different sort, not between two groups of absolute assholes, 
you know, as was the case in New Zealand, perhaps. But, you know, one mob who's, you know, got that little dominance gene, you know, Europeans, us, and then Indigenous people, you know, uh, I'm into Indigenous rights. I'll leave that be. I've got to take my daughter somewhere. Uh, Watangi Day today. Um, look, we could get a treaty going. Even if we did, look, Watangi Day is controversial anyway. So if we got a treaty going here with Indigenous people here, um, you know, soon afterwards they'd say that treaty rips us off. Uh, but that's, I think that's not a reason, you know, just because it's hard, it's not a reason not to do it. We would rip them off, almost certainly. We have to rip them off, you know, because, I've, you know, this is my land now, you know. I can't not rip them off, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, any treaty we made would rip them off. So we could have a treaty and, they'd, and we'd say, except all the land's ours, except for some shitty little pieces that can be yours. You can have a flat in Collingwood, you know. And um, and then they say that that treaty was a rip-off. But I still think we should do it, even though it's um, it would be even more controversial than the Waitangi Treaty.